to go down. Ladies and gentlemen, it's another episode with your host, Carlos Cicada. No longer single, but always ready to mingle. Bring you a whole lot of satisfaction because we are about to take a whole lot of action. Today, we have an incredible, an incredible human being, a true American legend, a fighter, a father, a businessman, an entrepreneur, an amazing person. Let me do his introduction right. Mr. A.K.A. Shimrock is the founder and CEO of Frank Shimrock Inc. His process of asset development and management has a device on over $4 billion in several industries. Frank believes in helping people achieve personal greatness and financial freedom. Nickname A.K.A. The Legend. Frank is undefeated UFC champion of the world and a sports pioneer credited with pushing cage fighting to the network television. Yeah, baby. As a sport broadcaster, his knowledge and expertise is shared with millions. But his life story is the script to Hollywood films. Top companies like Google, UFC, Zico, Spanx, US Army, Showtime, and Nemi have benefited from Shimrock's process. Frank is media powerhouse producing live feature films. One about his life title, Bound by Blood. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready to get rumble? To your left corner, Carlos, the fat Brazilian Wolverine. To the left corner, Mr. <laughs> Frank Shamrock. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> now, you tell me, has anybody ever introduced you This way, my brother. <laughs> Now, that, that was the greatest introduction that I've ever had since since Jimmy Lennon Jr. Uh, called me in the ring. That's the best. <laughs> my brother, boss, my friend, so great to have you on the show, my brother. This has been long due. You know, I was interviewing uh, Sean Kane the other day from the Karate Kid, the actor, and I had my karate oh. outfit. So I was like, what am I going to have? I said, what am I going to have? You know, when Frank shows up, you know, I was like, okay, I got it. The Brazilian Wolverine, the <laughs> <laughs> Brother Frank, man, such an honor to have you here, brother. I remember, you know, watching you and uh, your family, you know, as a kid in Brazil growing up. A lot of kids in Brazil in the streets, you know, as you know, in Brazil, the, we fight for food. You know, I started that I don't talk about it too often. When I was a kid, because I was hungry, I came from the hood. The Japanese in my state, they would buy me a large pizza and a large, a two-liter soda, and they would talk me sumo, and that was my payment because I always a big boy, you know. So I grew up, you know, watching you guys, man, and Pride, and oh my God, UFC, and all the amazing leagues, my friend. So it's such an honor to have you here. A lot of friends in that industry and all the accomplishments. And today I want to just celebrate you over here on our show, and then we have a great time. And ladies and gentlemen, you know, I want to have, I want to start the show today, Frank, with a game. And it's basically, it's like a one-minute game. I'm going to throw a word at you, and then you're going to say the meaning. What does that word mean to you? So let's start with, you and I have something really cool in common where you and I have a, one daughter, and mine's nine. I think yours is like about 11, 12. Oh, she's going to be 13 in a couple of 13, weeks. 13, brother. We are getting old, family. So here's my first word that I'm going to throw at you, and you're going to tell us the meaning of each word within a minute or less, and then we go in on to the interview, something new that I'm starting here. So, Frank, the father. Father? Best job ever. 
<laughs> Def. Uh, inevitable. <laughs> F off. Uh, that's a thank you in many languages. <laughs> I love that, brother. Um, you know, Will. Mm, um, discipline. Yes. Never give up. That's what you should say to yourself every day. Pain. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> uh, it's uh, every day. For real. I love it. I love it. This is something new. I just started that with that today in the show. The first time that I try it, I'm going to start doing this more often. It's a great way to break, you know, and get into the show because people, they know us, right, as the father or as the influencer or as the fighter, you know, but it's like I always like people to get to know the person overall. So, but the prank, you know what I mean? Man, it's like so many things, man. And uh, I've been telling my father, she sent me a couple of questions as well. You guys watching us live from around the world, drop some questions as well here in the comments. And as we're going to go over here, continue with the show, I will ask uh, Frank some great questions. So Frank, what's going on, brother? What are you up to? You know, let the, for the people that don't know you, uh, let the world know who is Frank Shimrock, why should they care? And, and what is the amazing, what are you up to, my brother? Uh, well, I just got back from Dubai uh, late last night. So I spent the past uh, five days over in the United Emirates uh, talking to them about business, um, blockchain business, uh, digital investments. And um, and then, of course, martial arts came up. They're very interested in having me create a uh, martial arts uh, program for the country. And uh, they're looking to become a world leader in mixed martial arts, uh, mainly to inspire the youth through education and fitness. And, uh, you know, that's right up my alley. Uh, as I told the, uh, you know, uh, the Sheik's family, uh, I was like, my claim to fame is convincing uh, America that cage fighting was a good idea. And, you know, it's not the best idea, but martial arts training is a great idea. Like it is absolutely how you develop. Yeah, let's see, I lost you for a second. Can you hear me, Frank? Yeah, yeah, sorry. I I got FaceTime. I got to turn all this stuff off here. No, it's all good, brother. That's awesome. Now, yeah, I love back. that. I am, I'm yeah. heavily involved. You know, I'm heavily involved in the blockchain for years myself. So I love that you are in that industry because you you have a voice. I mean, you've been in this game for so long, and it's gonna benefit because those kids they need it. And as you know, uh, blockchain and and um, mental toughness and teaching people, you know, psychology and blockchain technology, we can evolve and make poverty so much faster. People, they don't realize nowadays there's so many ways to make money on the blockchain that we can advance and make poverty history, which is one of my missions in life, way faster. And, you know, and you have the backing and the receipts to up to, right? They cannot question this brother here. Is pretty much every single magazine in the planet, you know, the shakes out there, they can never question that, you know? And uh, that's, and Frank, you know, let's talk about the beginning. You know what I mean? Like the beginning of your career, because you did something incredible, you know, for the fighting industry, which was, you know, you pretty much bought it there to the, to the network television. You know, you're one of the pioneers in that game. And how did you come up with the idea? You're like, you know, we fight and now we just need the whole world to see this. Like, <laughs> let's go back. Let's go back to the, to the grind, right? How difficult was it, that sure. transition from 
the grind into becoming the brand, you know, Shamrock? Well, it wasn't a hard one because, uh, I mean, this is what I tell everybody who's starting a business. You really got to believe in your brand and you got to understand what your story and what your mission is. And when I came into the sport, you know, I wanted to provide for my family. I wanted to have a better life. Uh, the sport was brand new. So I saw lots of, of opportunity, but the barriers were, you know, we didn't have national distribution. We couldn't be on the television networks. So, you know, my, one of my first jobs, I was actually hired to do it was to go around and talk to all the cable companies and to explain, you know, that we weren't what was being advertised, you know, that we were martial arts, that we were not, you know, cage fighting. I think back then we were called uh, human cockfighting. So we had a lot <laughs> to overcome to get to what the sport is today. And once I saw the sport and I saw both its, its uh, impact on communities and individuals, and then also, you know, how much people loved watching it on television, you know, I fell in love with it. And then, you know, I'm, I was a kid from the streets, man. Like I, you know, I fought my way all the way to becoming a champion. And it was the process of training in martial arts. It was the discipline and the honor and the respect. And then the community that I built that helped me. You know, that's why I have so many fans. It was millions of people that helped me and cheered me on and believed in my vision. And, you know, back to, back to business. If you understand your mission, if you have a great purpose, if you have passion, you're always going to stand up and deliver. And all I did was stand up, tell my story, and people looked at it and went, nah, it's a great story. This is a great looking sport, and we'll give it a chance. Yes. No, man, that's awesome, brother. I was in telecommunications for a very long time, and I know how difficult it was, uh, you know, to uh, the transition, even to convince them. Because as you, as you remember in the beginning, in the 90s and the early 2000s, it was a battle. Many states, oh, no, we cannot allow this in. to this day, right? You know, we wanted to get UFC on the, on the Olympics. You know, I still think one day, who knows, you know? And uh, because I remember that, man. It was like, it, 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 it literally gave the industry. I remember when UFC was like near bankruptcy. And I think, you know, it has so much to do with the legwork that you were doing from the early days. It's like so many people out there. Like they think like they see a Frank Shimrock, the legend, you know, with, you know, celebrities and, and, and out there and the, the magazines, you know, you know, kicking some ass or fighting and, you know, going for that grind. But, you know, it's like, hey, hold up, guys. It's like that's 20, 30 years behind closed doors, the tears, the grind, the shit that's when nobody's watching is between you and God, right? It's us and God. What are we doing? How much are you putting in? It's something that I talk all the time, Frank. What is the sacrifice? How much, what are you willing to give up to get to what you want to become? Like, you know, when I was a little boy, right? Fuck, man, Brazil was chaos. Father died in a car explosion. Stepfather was murdered. I was tortured and abused as a kid. But, you know, I said, you know what? Enough is enough. I'll become so good at what I do that I will leave the hood. I'll become somebody and I will come back for those kids. I'll become an influencer. I will help influencers and I will never quit. And it's that similar, that fight mentality, brother, that we, we learned on the streets. And I wanted to tell us something, Frank. You know, what is, tell us about one of the most difficult times in your life, brother. And how did you overcome that moment, my friend? Because I think right now there's a lot of people yeah. going through something <clears throat> difficult. And it will serve a lot of the audience out there listening to us right now. Sure. Yeah. Well, the most difficult time in my life was when I was a child. Because uh, unbeknownst to me, I grew up in a home of abuse and I was neglected. And, you know, we grew up on welfare. Like I was a kid of the streets. And it was only through crime, which took me out of my home, that I learned uh, a different way. 
You know, originally that crime took me to prison, took me to jail, took me to all these uh, institutions, but it also took me out of my home. And then I began a different journey. I began hanging out with different people. I began learning different things. And in the beginning, I learned all the bad stuff, how to be a better criminal and how to get in more trouble. But when I finally ended up in prison, I realized I had made all these decisions that brought me here. And so that was probably the toughest time in my life. I had a young son. You know, I was locked up. I wasn't getting out. I had no education. I had no future. And all my friends that I hung out with on the streets, they were all in prison with me. And so I knew I had to make a change. I had to change my mind. I had to change what I was doing. And that's when I really started to educate myself. And I started to build my body and my mind and my spirit. And the sport didn't even exist yet. This was pre-UFC. This was pre-sport. But I was a fan of martial arts. And I always wanted to be a champion. You know, I always saw the, the boxing champions and how they took the stage and they, you know, presented and they delivered their message. And so even though this sport didn't exist, and that's what I tell a lot of young entrepreneurs, it may not exist yet. But if you keep putting yourself out there, if you keep believing, if you keep pushing, you know, your desire will meet with technology or moment or, or, or need. And for me, it was uh, mixed martial arts came along. So when I got out of prison, I went right into mixed martial arts. I only spent two days out. And then the next 16 years I spent in the gym, everyday training, everyday studying, and everyday teaching. And that's what really helped develop, you know, me as a person. I, I was a great fighter, you know, I was a great athlete, but uh, I was a phenomenal teacher because I cared so much about what the subject was. And it was doing so much for me that I learned to share that with others. And it was really through sharing that with others that I was able to become the spokesman and the broadcaster and and the guy that went and convinced all the uh, cable networks. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even get me started with those cable networks. <laughs> you know, we had somebody over here, you know, on, on LinkedIn. I love it because this is live, guys. As you guys know, you know, we do the show live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And I like to connect with the audience as we're doing this thing live. And we don't edit. It's raw. It's real. You get what you get. If Frank and I go nuts over here, it's all good. We don't edit it. You know? <laughs> That's how we wrote. Because, you know, people in life, I talk about this all the time, Frank. It's like, no, you got to, people want to see the real and the raw you, right? They don't want to see all the fake stuff. You know, like, no, you got to document it. Like, Frank, he has the receipts to prove it. I have the receipts to prove it. Him and I have something common. We both sold over a, a billion dollars in goods and services for Fortune, you know, 500 companies. But it takes a long time. It's not like you don't do that stuff overnight. It takes years and years and years on the grind, training people, developing people, going through the grind, ladies and gentlemen. And this is a great question, Frank, that we're getting from the audience. Leandro Vicuña, he's saying, I truly respected your grit and resilience when watching you back in the day. How did you survive all before the UFC established weight divisions and safety protocols, Stockton Kid? <laughs> I love it. Stockton in the house. Yeah, you know yeah. What? It was all about the study of science because I studied bodybuilding. So I studied the human structure. I studied biomechanics. And when I got into martial arts, I didn't have any martial arts training or any legacy or I didn't have any sports stuff. And at the time, it was martial art versus martial art or people that took their martial art and adapted it to, you know, this new rule set. And I was very lucky that I didn't have any knowledge. So I could take whatever worked, just like Bruce Lee said, whatever was valuable, whatever worked, whatever was successful. And I paired that, you know, technical knowledge with the knowledge of the human body. And so my secret was the science. I wasn't there to be tough. I wasn't there to, you know, be the toughest guy in the gym. I was there to learn as much about 
fighting as possible. And then once I learned about the body and the technical side, then I learned to develop the mind and the spirit and the discipline. And those are, you know, it's always mind, body, spirit. You got to develop all of those things to become successful in something. And I got to be honest with you, Carlos, one of the hardest things for me to deal with was the fear. You know, I grew up in a home of abuse when violence to me was very scary and it was very, you know, intimidating to my spirit. And so I had to overcome that as a human being. And that took a lot of work, it took a lot of meditation, it took a lot of visualizing and understanding. And then it goes back to science. When you realize, like, it's really hard to kill somebody with your bare hands, like you really got to put some effort into it. <laughs> people are tough. People are resilient. You know, the human body is, is a fighting machine. So it's really hard for someone to hurt you when you're prepared mentally and physically. And once I realized that, then I just found tools to overcome that fear. But the hardest thing for me was fear itself. Wow. I can, and, and, you know, speaking of that, it's so funny that you talk about that because something that I've been preaching so much lately is removing your emotions from all outcomes, especially in the financial space, which you and I are heavily involved in the financial and blockchain industry. I talk about this so much. I'm like a preacher lately, bro. You know, it's like, I tell people, <laughs> if you're going to go into any investment, into anything, I don't care what it is, index, crypto, blockchain, insurance, whatever, you got to remove your your emotions from the all outcomes yeah. because it's going to reduce so much the anxiety the fear, especially if they are new into blockchain and crypto, right? I tell them, only invest what you're willing to lose. That's not going to make you go yep. suicidal or jump the bridge because you and I have been there. You know, we have so many people that come to us, that talk to us, that been suicide and wanted to take on their lives. And because that conversation, that, that lunch, that dinner that they have with us or that, that we took the time to talk to them on a hotel hallway after you fighting on a stage or me speaking on a stage and we took the time and we spoke to that person, and then we receive whether it's a text or a letter or an email or a blog, you know, what they write and say, hey, thank you for taking the time and speaking life into me when nobody was there. You know, and it's so funny because it's something, guys, I really hope that if you guys can take one thing from this is to remove your emotions from all outcome. Like be like have the fighting spirit that Frank is talking about over here. Like, you know, don't give up. Like, you know what I mean? Like go within every situation with no outcome. No outcome whatsoever. Like when I first met Frank, I had no outcome whatsoever to ever have him on the show. You know, I just, my only outcome was like getting to know him. How can I add value to you? And I say, hey, I loved you. We became friends. But it's like, always be a person of value. Have no outcome whatsoever. And you never know how many doors will open for you, for your brand, for you to do so many things. It's And that's one thing that people, they let those emotions you know, get into their life. And Frank, you know, you're talking about also something else here, brother, that, you know, that 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 death, right? It takes a long time to try to kill. Is this over here one of your, <laughs> that was, this is you right here, right? Yeah. No, so that's Igor Zenobia. You are I, like, I you that. are beast. Like, you're like a monster, man. It took that human being yeah. like something. I, I almost killed him, actually. Um, and that was pure technique. Like, I, I studied his martial arts style. He was, he was, you know, he was the me of Russia. Like he was undefeated. He was a champion. Uh, and this was a chance to unify the championships. But I was so deep in the studies of martial arts, I could see the holes in his styles. And I knew wow. that, you know, every time uh, someone would go in and, and uh, take a, a wrestling position, he would grab the head. And so I studied mm -hmm. Western wrestling. And in Western wrestling, when someone grabs your head, you stand up, lift them up and turn them upside down and stovepipe them. 
So this is the after effect. I actually heard all of his bones breaking, his collarbones, neck, and everything. I, I thought that I had killed him. Um, wow. This is now illegal. You can't you can't do that to people, and I'm one of the reasons why. Um, but it goes down to science. If he would if he was studying science, he would have went, "Wow, I should never grab the head." And these are the reasons why, right? Uh, one of the things you got to understand, and, it's, and it holds true for investing and everything. If you get into a fist fight, you're going to get hit with a fist. If you get into a knife fight, you're going to get hit with a knife. If you get into a gun fight. So those are the risks associated with it. And if you accept those risks and you prepare properly, then you don't get to those points of, of you know, freaking out or losing it or having the anxiety overtake you. And that's why I love things like blockchain and cryptocurrency. It's ones and zeros. Like you yes. can't screw it up. If you understand the risk and you're willing to take it, then it's just opportunity. It's not, it's not like someone's going to throw you on your head and break your neck. It's just financial opportunity. Yes. No, it's so true, man. It's like one thing that I always tell people, Frank, it's like, you know, I learned this from a billionaire. I say, how did you become a billionaire? It's like they literally, they take their money and they spread among different projects. So even for you guys that are not billionaires or millionaires listening to us, you know, let's say if all you have is $1,000 or 10 grand, break that pie into 10. Ten, you know, one hundred dollars into ten projects, or one ten thousand into ten projects. The odds of you screwing on all ten is going to be very hard in crypto. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Especially yeah. if you understand the fundamentals, you read the white paper, you understand what is this technology is doing for society. How is the help advance? Maybe it's tied to something that you are passionate about. Hunger, you know. Uh, you know, the weather, whatever, you know what I mean? It's like, and that's what I always tell people, research it, read the white paper, get involved, be part of the community, be a person of value. I love that you that you, you bought that up. And then Frank, you know, going throughout, you know, your career, brother, have you ever had that moment, like, you know, maybe a fight that you lost and then, you know, and then you had your children that you thought of, of like ever have that thought of quitting? Because a lot of people listening, I think sometimes, you know, we, we start things in life and we don't finish. And then they quit, whether they, they lost the fight or the person didn't return their calls or they felt undefeated. Have you ever had that, that, that one moment in your life? You could walk us through that you felt like quitting. You're just like, I'm just done with this shit. And then if you could walk us through if you ever had that. And what what it made, what it got you going? Every time that you felt like maybe you lost a fight or you, you know what I mean? You wanted to give up. But you're like, you know what? Screw this. I'm just going to keep it going. If you could, you know, talk to us about a moment like that in life. Sure. I've only had two moments where I thought about quitting. Uh, the first one was uh, I was fighting in Japan, a much larger opponent. I was, you know, trying to win another championship over there. And in the middle of this fight, the guy ended up on my chest and was like elbowing my head in. And what the pride doing pride in the 90s in, in Valley Tudo? Yeah, I was fighting Noe, actually. I was fighting Ensign Noe, who was just extremely dangerous. And like once he got on top, he just beat everybody. And so all of a sudden I find myself in this position. And uh, you know, I realize like I'm getting damaged, my you know, my grip is slipping, you know, he's in the most advantageous position. Um, and you know, if you run the numbers, I was gonna lose. Like if you just, you know, if they were gonna bet then, everyone would have bet on him. And, you know, I had this moment where I looked inside myself and I thought, you know, actually, I thought I was going to die. That's the <laughs> that's the truth. I, I was like, well, if I'm not giving up. So this is my moment. They're going to kill me. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, I looked inside and I was like, but wait a minute, I have done so much and I have come through so much and I have put so much in here and I believe so much. And all I really said to myself in truth was nobody, nobody can kill me. And that just. 
message to myself sort of changed the energy of my body. I was able to get out. I was able to knock him out and eventually win this fight. But there was a moment where I questioned myself. And it was only through because I had done this hard work. It was only because I'd made those sacrifices. I understood the mechanics of fighting. And I also understood how hard it was to kill somebody. So I just cast it aside. But it was a mental thing. It was a mindset. I went, no, I'm going to do this instead. And I got back up. Then the second time uh, that it happened to me, um, you know, I, I uh, was training for a fight. And my first day of camp, uh, I ended up tearing all the tendons out of my left knee. MCL, ACL, PCL, uh, they wheeled me out in a wheelchair. And so I went to the doctor and I said, hey, well, I, I hurt my knee and he x-rays it. And he's like, you have no knee tendons. There's absolutely no way that you can perform in this match. Like you can't go do what you're supposed to be doing. Well, this was me launching strike force on Showtime. And everything <laughs> depended on me showing was up. Was that your opening fight on strike force? No, this, was my, uh, this would have been the second one. Right oh. after Henzo. So, Dang. but CBS was there. Like we were, we were stepping onto network television. That was our next phase. And, uh, you know, I knew how important it was for me to show up. So I went back and I just laid in my room and I just thought about it. And, you know, I, I thought about all this training that I'd done, all the science that I'd studied. And, and I studied, you know, Phil Baroni was my opponent. I studied his style and I looked at everything just from a mechanical standpoint, ones and zeros. And I realized I could beat this guy. It would just take more risk and it would take more effort and more mental psychology. And, you know, the hardest thing for me was when, I, when it was time to walk out to the ring, I was still, you know, waiting there for my knee to like get numb because they shot my knee. They're like, all right, go. I was still waiting, you know, to sort of accept that this was going to happen. And but the minute I accepted and I stood up and walked out there, it just changed you know, inside. And I ended up winning that fight. It was a dramatic knockdown drag out fight, but it's those mental moments where you make the decision. No, this is what I want to do. And if you give up, it's all over. Like that's the end of it. So it, you, you never give up. That was the, that, that quote right there. You never yeah, give I, up. You may I, have I to pivot. I had to pivot in this fight. You know, the easy smart way would have been to take him down, choke him out, you know, to put a submission hold on him which was my strength in this match. His strength was standing. But because of my knee, I couldn't wrestle him. I had to then go to his strength. So I had to make a, a risk decision. Can I beat him at his strength? And if so, what is the cost? And once I examined the cost and the reality, I knew I could do it. It was just going to be risky. Wow, that's so powerful, brother. You know, it's like, I love it. I love it. It's like we have so much greatness and so much more inside ourselves that we just have to believe in ourselves a little bit more every single day when nobody's there. You know, it's just that thing. We're like sometimes, you know, we like, oh no, Carlos, you know, let's say if we are mentoring somebody, we're like, no, when we are not there, just you imagine Frank on the right, Carlos right. on the left. You know, <laughs> what would you do if Frank Shabrock and Carlos Cicada will be here right now on your corners? Frank, you know, pumping you up, Carlos blowing the whistle. You know, <laughs> you know, like, you know, what I mean? it's like, what would you do? What would you say? You know, you wouldn't let that voice, you know what I mean? It's like you have to master talking to that voice back. Like I was doing a keynote yesterday for a, for a corporation, you know, out of New York. And I was talking, it was a leadership training. 
And I was talking about that. You have to have, you know, when that voice comes, the whispers, you know, like, you know, they have that quote, somebody probably stolen from the Bible. You cannot withstand the storm. <laughs> I am the storm, you know? And it's like, you got to talk to that voice back. Like yeah. Frank was saying here, you know, like his knee was fucked up youtube do not block my stuff you know for cussing you know but he's like he's like he's like he didn't want to do it but he know he's a do it first leader you know he has his name his brand you know it's a big deal you know getting this fight to blow it up on showtime and, and you know because you guys going against big players like ufc and some of the other guys you know and it's just like that belief you believed in yourself not only you, you got to the ring, which was a struggle, you win the fight. And it was an outstanding fight, you know? So it's just incredible, brother, incredible. And now let's talk about, tell me about, you know, one of your hardest opponents. Like, man, you are great at selling fights. I got to give it to you, bro. <laughs> you know, you are, no, I thought about my great salesperson. You know, I used to sell bread <laughs> on the streets when I was a yeah, kid. Yeah. I can sell anything in different languages. But, brother, you can sell a fight. And if you can sell a fight, you can sell anything. And you are an incredible consultant as well. You know what I mean? You have the, the receipts to prove it that over $4 billion for many corporations out there. And I love that so much about you, a well-round, you know what I mean, badass. And, man, like this one fight over here, man, you and Tito Ortiz, I remember this shit. And then you and Kang Lee, you're talking so much shit. You know, but you and Tito, holy shit. So, you know, tell me about, you know, like what is, like what you want, one of your like work, like somebody that you like, I just hate this son of a gun, you know, what's one of your worst enemies like in UFC fight? Well, I never, I never thought negatively about my guys. All the, all the storytelling was just that storytelling. And, yes. you know, it's one of the secrets to my success is, you know, we all want to pick a side. We all have people we like, we dislike or whatever. And, you know, good storytelling is finding those connection points. And uh, I've always like, I've, I've respected my opponents. If I didn't like you, I didn't fight you. Because yes. to me, it was uh, honor and respect. Like I was going to go in and give you my life, you know, take it if you can. Like that's, you know, that's what I learned when I fought Ensign Inoue is when you're ready to accept defeat and death and, and, and the risk and you're all in, then that other stuff doesn't matter. Then you move to the next level, right? So when I fought, you know, I, I chose people and I was like, I'm going to fight him because of these reasons. And then I also chose people because the story was right. You know, with Tito, the story was he's the young buck. He's the new bad boy. He's the new, you know, the new generation of athlete. And because he had great, you know, beef with my family, it was just this perfect story. And my job as a marketer, as a businessman, is to find the meat to that story, make it very simple, and then get everybody involved. So it was always about, you know, good guy versus bad guy, you know, East versus West, you know, old versus new. And, and those are the ideas that we all cling to and, and follow and support. And so, you know, for me, the performance was always twofold. It was how do we tell the story so all the people watch? And then when they watch, how do I perform at such a level that it's unforgettable? And that's what I tell everybody in business. Like your story should be so good that when people walk away, the call to action is clear. Like, oh, I, I need to do this because th that's what's that's the next thing. Like, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. So that's where good storytelling comes in. If you watch my promotions, 
you're forced to pick a side, you're forced to choose an idea, you know, you're, you're driven to this decision making before you even know it. And then when you see the performance, you go, oh, I won or I lost. And you're a part of the experience. That's what good business and that's what good business marketing is. For real, man. I remember I was there in San Jose, man, when you fought Kung Lee. And uh, what a great fight, man. You two had it. And everybody, you sold that shit so good. People were like, oh, no, he's a racist. <laughs> I'm like, no, Frank is not a racist. He loves people. He's selling the fight, man. You know, it's yeah. the, I remember everybody was divided because it's San Jose is heavy, everybody. you know, vegan, yeah. and then you, 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 you build it so beautiful. And same thing with Khan, you know, it's like, I don't know him personally, like I know you, but you know, it's like, you guys did an amazing job building this rivalry, this racial thing, you know, Asia yeah. against America. It was just, no, it's so funny. You say that right now about you, the way how, you know, you and Tito, and, and, and it's so true how you build that story, totally. how you guys because now you got people to talk about it because you guys have yeah. spoken to those silent Q&As. You guys went there. It's a racial yeah. thing. It's like it's in life or death. But at the end of the day, after the fight, you guys were homies. You know, it's hugging. Everybody's like, that mutual yeah. respect, you know? And, <laughs> and we were we were friends before. Like, Kung, I, I sparred with him for years. So we were, we were friends. But, you know, uh, to, and to gain that level of confidence behind your product and your beliefs, it takes a lot of practice, a lot of reps, a lot of pitches, a lot of, you know, a lot of storytelling to where you can get in front of the media and tell these stories, right? To tell, you know, to, to twine all this stuff together. San Jose was great uh, because, you know, I love Kung, but he's not like a storyteller. You know, he's not yeah. like a, you know, an out there type of guy, but he no, does have a very... Yeah, yes. he's like a quiet guy. So, you know, my my what I had to do was go over the top and I had to, you know, pick out the things that I knew he could support. So I had to do my character and then also define his character and make sure the two meshed. And that was really, to be honest with you, the hardest part. And then being in San Jose, we have such a martial arts following. So, you know, yes. the uh, the overarching message of that was new martial arts versus old martial arts, new, new fighting versus old fighting techniques. Right. And then, you know, the, the consequence was winner leaves town. Like, you know, whoever wins is going to be the king of San Jose and basically the other guy's done. And so that was the whole messaging. And people were like, Oh my God, this is it. Who's going to retire? <laughs> they yeah. They loved it. Like I can no longer go to Kizar or yeah. take my. <laughs> you got to bounce. You got to get out. <laughs> but it worked, and that's old. That's old pro wrestling. Winter leaves town. Like that's old, one of the oldest stories in the world. You know, from back in the day when the new guy'd come in and wrestle, and you know, the old old dog would risk it all. You know, to hold on to the town. Like that's, you know, very simple storytelling that anybody can get behind. And, you know, that's the secret to good business, though. you got to really nail your story and then yeah. be so passionate about it that you can, you know, take whatever's going on in that moment and tie it into the story, you know, to make it relevant. So when you're listening, you don't even know about fighting. And you hear a story and you're like, what? The, the loser's going to leave town? And it's, it's, you know, I trained in martial arts. Is this the new or the old? Well, I'm with the old guys or I'm with the new. So that's the type of stuff that, you know, when it comes to sales, when it comes to, you know, uh, presenting things like you got to know your stuff. 
Wow, man, so powerful, brother. So, so powerful. Wow, that's amazing. I want to also give it a shout uh, to one of our uh, corporate sponsors, uh, BlockFi, ladies and gentlemen. You know, you can get up to $250 bonus and start earning up to 8.6% APY on your Moolah. You can sign up for your personal BlockFi account by going to the link below, bit.ly forward slash Carlos Block. Five, one of our corporate sponsors, an amazing company, great people behind. You probably know some of those guys, the Winklevoss behind Binance and Coinbase, doing incredible things for the community. But right back to our brother, Frank Shimrock here. Man, and it's so powerful. His storytelling is something that, you know, you hit on the nail, brother. You know, anybody here watching us right now, Frank literally took all of you guys to school right now. If you are struggling with your sales, with your presentations, go back to this episode. Watch you know, go go YouTube, you know, Frank Shamrock and watch how this guy present and done. If you can get the archives, how he sold his fights. It's exactly what you are doing when you guys are out there, you know, talking about your business. I tell people all the time, pick up that phone, go on your stories throughout social media and just say the word. Have you ever? And then take them through that story. Imagine or let me tell you something. The mind cannot distinguish, but to be like, tell me, you know, have you ever, have you ever what? You know, it's like simple things and you take them like Mortal Kombat, come here, you know, and you get them and you tell them that story. You guys hear me doing this all the time on the stage. I roll up on a bicycle and I'm talking about the bullets flying and all this crazy shit. I bring the people to the story. And then I go into teaching, whether it's business or finances, all that stuff. This is exactly what Frank does. It's literally what he's talking about here, guys. Storytelling. And talking about storytelling, Frank, and talking about business, if you could give an advice, brother, to your daughter, to your beautiful daughter, what would you tell her the best advice ever for her to be super successful in business? The top three advice that you give her, my brother, that she could carry on the Shamrock legacy. What would be the top three things that somebody, don't matter what, they must to focus on in business to be extremely successful, my friend? You already told us one, which is a storytelling. Sure. I'll yes. to tell us two more yeah. because uh, it serve a lot of people here. Yeah, storytelling or define yourself. For business, we call it, you know, define your brand, like know your shit. Otherwise you, you, you're gonna always mess up, right? And then the second is you need people to lead you. You need mentors. You need people who have the experience because it will shave your development time, your learning time. Like it'll cut that stuff, you know, in a fifth. Like you need to go from point A to point B in business very quickly because if you're not, someone else is just gonna pick up the phone and find out the information. So I've been very successful because I have mentors. I you know, my daughter wants to be a singer. I'm going to hook her up with the baddest singer I can find. And that's how she'll get from point A to point B so much quicker. So define mentorship. And then honestly, it's all about discipline, the discipline of business. Every day I'm with my network. I'm calling my friends. I'm having this community. I'm having these conversations. When I don't know something, I'm reaching up and I'm getting that mentorship. And I'm just constantly driving forward. To be an entrepreneur, you have to be tenacious. You have to be on it every single day. And even when you become successful, you have to be on it every single day because then you're going to want to serve your community. Then you're going to want to fill your network. Then you're going to want to share your knowledge. So it becomes a passion thing. When you define your brand or what you're doing, you're going to find your passion. Because if you're like, oh, I want to be a car salesman, and that's not your passion, you're not going to be that good at it. But when you sit down and you go, what do I really want to be? What's my story? 
you're going to find that passion in that very first action. And that passion will lead you to number two. And that passion will lead you to number three. And number three is the hardest. I had a 16-year career. When I retired, I was like, oh, this is it. I get to relax. My coach always told me, becoming a champion is not the hardest thing. Staying a champion is the hardest thing. Because now everybody's looking at you. They have your tape. They know what you do. They're watching you. They're studying you. So the same thing in business. You can make a lot of money if you don't keep discipline on it by investing, by understanding, by learning, by networking. That money will just slowly, you know, erode away. Yes. So beautiful say, brother. You know, so beautifully said. You know what I mean? It's like anybody listening to us, major, amazing principles to pass it on to our kids to carry on the legacy that you guys are doing now. Whether you are carrying one or you want to start in a new one right now, this is straight up. It's like so hard. Right? I tell people it's not hard to make money. The hardest part, like you hit on the nail, is to remain successful. And keep the money. For real. And keep the money, right? Everybody, all your friends, everybody, you know, they go after, you know what I mean? Hey, can you buy it? Can you do this? It's so true, brother. It's so true. Ladies and gentlemen, it's just so it's the hardest thing is to remain to remain successful. You gotta remain humble and never forget where you come from. Like my grandma's best advice ever, always treat every single person like you would treat your grandma. My brother Frank, man, such an honor to have you here. And the last round over here of question for you, my brother, is, is a powerful question that I like to ask all my guests. And is your eulogy. And it's 100 years from now. You're still a young brother, you know, and you're 150. And, uh, you know, we are all there. You know, I'm a few years younger than you. And I'm over there smoking a cigar, drinking some scotch. And I'm listening to some ACDC. And we are there. I'm letting nobody crack because I'm blowing the whistle. You know, the Brazilian flags, you know. I'll be like, <laughs> and they're going to read your eulogy, my friend. And they're going to say, Frank Shamrock done so many amazing things for this planet and frank shamrock was dot 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 i want you to let the yeah. world know what would they gonna say my brother from another mother when they read they're that gonna, eulogy yeah i can tell you what they're gonna say uh he was a good father and a kind man and thought about big things <laughs> that's it yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. And then, Frank, um, what is the best place, Frank, that uh, people can follow you? I mean, what is what are you the most active on social media? The best place that people can continue this journey, watching all the amazing things that you are doing in business, in the industry, in films, you're involving so many in blockchain, all the amazing projects that you are part of it. What is the best place that they can follow you, brother? Uh, you can follow me anywhere at Frank Shamrock on YouTube. It's the Frank Shamrock. And I'd say I'm most active on Instagram right now. I like the whole technology vibe and the, the youthful energy. So definitely hit me up. I'm um, I'm all over the place. So uh, Instagram at Frank Shamrock. That's I'm Frank. loading up right here, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, on the stage, IG at Frank Shamrock. And uh, that's awesome, brother. That's awesome, my friend. Such an honor, brother, to have you here on the show. Long due. I'm looking forward. I bet you the audience is going to be like, yep, we need Frank again. You know, in a couple of months, I'd love to do another one with you. And then we go over yeah. what you've been up to. And then I know that you are in films. I'm in films as well, myself in LA. Definitely, I'm looking forward. Next time I'm in town, we'll go grab a drink, my brother. And uh, always is a great time, you know, have a drink or eat, uh, having lunch or dinner. 
and uh, great, great show, brother. You give it a big hug on your daughter and family for me, my brother. And uh, and ladies and gentlemen, there you guys have her, the legend, the champion, Mr. Frank Shamrock. Another amazing episode of the Carlos Cicada Show. And as I always say, beautiful people, life is about the mission, never the commission. And the days that break you are the days that make you. God bless you guys. We are here every Monday, every Wednesday, and every Friday at 5 p.m. Hit the like button, subscribe, turn on that bell, share with your mother and your father and your mama, and let's go, because every time we will take it to another level. I love you guys. Have an outstanding day. Ha <laughs> ha!